Hi, and welcome to this edition of the podcast of the Red-Headed Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. My name is Richard Lanford, and I am the Red-Headed Preacher of St. Peter's, and I thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. This uh, version, this Sunday uh, that I'm preaching is as it already tells you, March 20th, and the title is Listen Carefully and Live. I'm uh, my diving board off uh, the scriptural diving board for me is Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 9. There is also 1 Corinthians 10 and Luke 13, 1 through 9. And I will be referencing both of those during the message. Our lector today is Judy Page, our church's vice president. And I will offer a brief opening prayer before we begin, if you have the ability to join me in the spirit. Worldwide God, we pause aware of the cosmic dimensions of your existence that you are so far away because you've created so much that is beyond our human comprehension. This vast universe, as Psalm 8 calls it, and yet you are closer to us than our very breathing. We thank you for this opportunity to also listen carefully to you and live. In Jesus' name we ask your blessing. Amen. And now here's Judy and Isaiah 55 and following. Our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 1 through 9. In this hymn of joy and triumph, God's covenant with David is remembered, and a call to repentance is also included. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found, Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This ends the reading from Isaiah. Our epistle lesson is from 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 13. 
Paul points to lessons learned by the sins of others and exhorts the faithful otherwise. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as samples for us, examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters as some of them did. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us on whom the ends of the ages have come. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out, so that you may be able to endure it. This ends the epistle reading. Before I begin, I want to say something before I forget it, because I forgot to include it in the sermon. It's just a simple line. Something Don Kahn said a long time ago that still sticks with me. It happens to do with the theme. He said, God's always talking to us. The problem is, we're not always listening. Or words to that effect. Listening can happen even when it looks like the opposite. I learned that in a confirmation class well over 10 years ago when one student had his head down and he was doodling something in his textbook while I droned on. He's not listening, I thought. Then to my surprise, later either in that class or in the next class, the next week, he said something that he could have only if he had been listening at that time in the class. Taught me that just because someone does not look like they're listening, they can be listening very closely. The opposite is also true. As a high school senior in class, I heard the teacher, Mr. Wisniewski, tell us, all before handing out the test, that we were to read all of the instructions before doing anything on the test. Anyone who blew that assignment would get a score down one level, from a C to a D, for example. Well, I heard him say that, but I wasn't listening. I did not read the whole test before beginning, only at the very end. Did I read the instruction to write my name on the back of the paper? Well, I'd already written it on the normal space on the front. So my grade went down one, almost surely worsening my final grade for the term. I talk about listening when I get to do premarital counseling. 
there are bad habits to be aware of and to avoid. For some, this is a gift. For others, it is more of a genuine effort. I start an example by relating how when Beth and I started dating, we would stay up into the late night hours talking and listening and sharing family stories. I hung on to everything she said. She was the most important person I could be listening to at the time. And I lift that up because that engaged, loving attention in listening is probably close to what the Lord had in mind when, through Isaiah, God said, listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Incline your ear and and come to me. Listen so that you may live. Now, there are times in Scripture when the Lord refers to Israel as God's bride or wife, and in the Revelation, Christ is the groom and the church is the bride. Um, Interesting then that Bob Dylan in his explicitly Christian era did a song called The Groom's Still Waiting at the Altar. So it's not a great leap to think God would like our listening to be like a lover listens. But if the groom is still waiting at the altar, I'm not saying that such listening is easy, but it's a good place to start It's a good place for which to aim in our listening carefully and eat what is good from the bread of God's word. But, you know, let's be honest. Even ministers can listen to someone reading a Bible passage out loud, maybe even during worship, and their minds drift away. We can stop listening too, although I hope it's unintentional. And listening does not have to be oral, something you hear. We can listen to God or for God in reading and in prayer, through one another, because sometimes God speaks to us through other people, in the sacraments and in creation. As Isaiah presents the Lord as one speaking to the people, though, let's spend a little time with that. Speaking and listening. Well, one of the first things that came to my mind was the distractions. How do you deal with distractions when you were listening? And maybe it's in praying. First off, of course, you have got to catch yourself. Hey, I'm thinking about lunch. Get back to listening. Get back to praying with a focus. And one trick I was taught, as I've mentioned before, is that once I catch myself distracted, I put whatever I'm otherwise focused on in an imaginary sailboat, and I place the boat on the Lake Michigan of my imagination, and I send it, along with my distracting thought, off the horizon and out of sight. Bye-bye. And then I resume paying attention, either in listening or, more likely, in my prayers. And I would like to hear some of your techniques in dealing with distractions. Listening well, as God asks, takes the energy of giving your attention to the other. It is a sign of respect. Be patient. Let God or the reader come to a conclusion. 
If it's a longer reading in scripture, in church, for example, relax. Enjoy the fact that there's more of the word to hear that time. And it is easier to be patient with someone we love, is it not? When describing agape love, the first adjective St. Paul uses is patience. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. When this, and uh, theologian Paul Tillich, who I thought I would never quote in a sermon, said, the first rule of love is to listen. If we love God, if we can see ourselves loving to listen, even if it's a wee bit on the dull or long or hard to understand side, let us try to listen patiently. Let us show God and the lector, if it's in church, that respect and love. If you and I in St. Peter's want to live as God beckons us to live, let's affirm Isaiah's words and listen carefully. Incline our ear and listen so that we may live. That can take patience. Something that goes hand in hand with patient listening is holding our tongue. Not that we jump into a reading or interrupt somebody like Judy during worship, but mentally we might. We might find that something we hear gets our defenses up or our anger is stirred and we stand up inside to speak in that spirit. Listen to the end. Do not give in to the temptation to interrupt. We might miss something that the reader or God in prayer is trying to get across to us. And our instinctual inner reactions might keep us from hearing what else is coming for us to hear. Sometimes when Beth and I are watching a TV show and I didn't catch something the person said, it's recorded, so I'll stop. And you know, if I had not hit pause and kept, I would have figured out by what is said next, that's what they said. But I didn't let them finish. Now, I have been working on, excuse me, this is how I wrote it. I have been trying to work on stopping my interrupting people. People. There are times when I feel I have to jump in and show what I know or tell them what I think they're going to say or correct them immediately or even agree with them him or her, out of what I think is a misplaced ego, I cut them off before they finish to say something. I have to say something. That's actually rude, much more than it is necessary or helpful. I will not say interruptions are always out of place, but most of the time, and I will not speak for anyone but me, but I'm a better person, a kinder person, a more respectful person. If I can catch myself before opening my mouth, keep it closed, and just listen. Let her finish. Let him complete his story or his point. It is probable that I will learn something by being patient and not having to jump in without an opening. I do not know if you ever interrupt when God is addressing you or us except as I imagined it a minute ago, maybe like, like starting to silently argue with God. And I'm not saying you shouldn't argue with God, but if it's an interruption, 
Maybe it's a time to check. All the same, how you and I listen to others is good training or practice for listening patiently to God. To follow God's instructions, or excuse me, that's the wrong word entirely. To follow God's invitation in Isaiah. Those who you know, come to the waters, come buy milk without price. To follow God's invitation in Isaiah. And really, in the other two passages, their invitations also. Let us do take time and be patient. Let us not let ourselves get long distracted or interject our own words inside to drown out the rest of divine speech. It's not like we do not get a chance to dialogue with God. Listening well to God's call. In Isaiah's case, to return to God, who has mercy and forgiveness, and in Luke's Jesus, who longs to see us bear the fruits of love, also means to let us use the tools that we have and the gifts that we have. This is not a fundamentalist denomination or congregation where everything in the Bible is interpreted literally or where we superimpose a framework on scripture which another human being concocted and forces interpretations that are not really there but they fit the framework. No, we have inherited scholarly and spiritual guides to help us interpret let alone translate what the Bible has for us. In listening patiently, turning away distractions, we do not give up the gifts we have for comprehending and applying God's word for today. Listening well does not mean listening totally passively or surrendering either our intellect or openness. God is still speaking. So what are some of the fantastic messages we'll get from the Holy One when you and I and the church listen carefully? We get the message from the Apostle Paul in Corinthians to be humble, trusting, and willing to upgrade our spiritual defenses. He told the Corinthians to remember and learn from the history of the Hebrews. They were blessed to be liberated from slavery, to have the presence of Yahweh to guide and provide for them, to give them the law and to enter into a covenant with them at Sinai. All these blessings and more, and yet they continued to break God's heart. We heard Judy read, Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, And they were struck down in the wilderness. Do not become idolaters. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. Do not complain as some of them did. These things happened to to them to serve as an example, he wrote. So, if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. So love warns the beloved to be careful and not proud, not to be too overconfident and blow grace away by living as if you made no covenant with Christ. No, let us watch ourselves. Not everyone who says to Jesus, Lord, Lord, did we not do many mighty works in your name? Depart from me, I never knew you. 
Jesus said, that he will say to those who did not really listen to and get the message of the good news. It is good to be warned, not that it is good to be afraid. God is faithful, Paul wrote. So that's one of the great messages we can get by listening carefully. Another fantastic message we will get when we listen well is the call to return or to repent, which is what return means, to come back to God and God's ways of loving the neighbor, of caring for the least of these, and undoing the thongs of wickedness. As we do this, our sins which led us away from God are forgiven. They're wiped away. And as we draw closer to the maker of the heavens and the Christ of the cross and empty tomb, we draw closer to the God who says, come on, come on, come on. Who does not want to hear that? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. They're not captive to them. They can, it's not too late. Come on, let them seek God. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy upon them and to our God, for God will, not a little, not maybe, not sometimes, God will abundantly part. That's great news. And then God talks more about how much more forgiving God is than we are. This is how I understand it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Because it's right after the God having mercy upon them and God will abundantly pardon, right after we get this passage about the thoughts of God being higher. So I take these to mean not only is the mind of God too high for human understanding, but also God's desire and ability to forgive are exponentially greater than our own ability to do that. This is a message of not getting what we deserve from God, but like God throwing a party for us. Like unto that forgiving father who, that he threw for the prodigal son who came back and was alive again. A message of love and celebration. And there's one more great thing for us that we receive by listening carefully. And it's, of course, not the only one, but, you know, I don't have... <laughs> Those, there are other sermons for those. Jesus is looking for us to bear fruit. And if we are delayed, patience is shown, just not forever. The man in Christ's parable came looking for fruit on a fruit tree and found none. After three years, it should have done something. The gardener convinces the owner to stay the execution another year while he gives the tree some extra attention. He was looking for fruit. It was expected. In a way, that is an inspiring message that God has work for us to do, or fruit in the realm of God. Fruit of the tree of peace and of grace and forgiveness, as we have been given these. Fruit of the tree which welcomes the stranger, the unfamiliar, the enemy, the sick, and otherwise shunned by society. 
Jesus expects us to bear the fruit, to respond to God's lessons by helping someone out without expecting a reward or pay, to stand up to those who misrepresent God and those who take advantage of the vulnerable. Jesus comes to us looking for the fruit of outreach, for patience, the fruit of ethical business practices, for reconciliation of the previously rendered apart, for peacemaking and for shining the light so others will see your good works and give thanks and glory to our God in heaven. God has work for us to do. God has expectations of us, but God is patient. And there's extra help if we need it. Let us, for, our, for the benefit of a warning we might need or to be reminded we can still return if we have wandered away, there is mercy and pardon waiting. And for this lesson, that there is a call, but also patience. Let us listen carefully and live. Amen. Well, I hope that you were able to hem, listen carefully, and live. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Redheaded Preacher podcast. We truly do appreciate it. And uh, it is, we hope, a way for God's Spirit to uh, uplift and teach and build up others uh, so that they may in turn build other people up in the faith, regardless of what particular piece of uh, teaching or inspiration uh, or thought it triggered in you that is faithful, that turns out to be of benefit. So thanks again, and we thank God for this chance as well. Um, Wishing you the best, and... um, May God bless your week as spring begins. Bye. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Redheaded Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.